What's up, everybody? Welcome to Day 22 of RPG A Day 2022. That's pretty cool. <laughs> We're doing it again. We're doing it again. I'm going to, again, try and explain why a red dragon would beat the shit out of a Shoggoth without question. Um... <laughs> With some help this time. I actually have some support this time. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and then I'll also talk about my character. What character am I? Uh, yeah, so that's it. First off, we're going we're gonna to hear from Jason, who's going to kind of set the stage with some questions about the mass combat system in Wrath of the Righteous. So Jason, take it away, dude. So with the army system... The directors, are they just like a higher offense or a higher defense because of their abilities? They just figure that in. They like take combat rating and do it that way so there's no special effects. And also, if you add people that are grievously wounded, not dead, why can't the healers in the of the PCs heal them after the battle? These are questions we demand to know. Thank you. Awesome questions, dude, and they lead us right into talking more about dragons for Shoggoths because we're talking fights, so we're talking armies. Okay, as for your first question, the Dretch army does have special attacks and special tags, which would make it destroy, like, a regular army. An army of equal size of just, like, regular medieval foot soldiers would get obliterated by this army of Dretches. But because it was going up against an army of paladins with the paladin abilities that they have, plus your army, the paladin army, the 100, is equipped with cold iron weapons, those, those extra defenses, defenses and offensive capabilities of the Dretch army don't come into play. They get kind of balanced out in the wash, right? So a Dretch army would annihilate a regular an army of regular soldiers but an army of paladins yeah no um you know if the dredge army had turned on the its fellow army of tieflings it would obliterated those tieflings but yeah against the paladin army it was uh those those defenses don't come into play uh and then to your second question where you were asking if it's just a grievous injury and the soldier isn't dead why can't the healer heal it well, first off, I need to make a correction. So I said the Paladin army only had 12 or 13 hit points. That, that was incorrect. It actually has a total of 16 hit points, and you took one. So that works out to something like six. Six, six soldiers were dead or grievously, were killed or grievously injured. And so at this level that you guys are currently at, at fifth level, a fifth level cleric can't do anything for a missing limb or if somebody's knees get broken or arm gets cut off or eyes get destroyed um cure light wounds doesn't cure that kind of stuff so that's why those soldiers are out of the fight basically how the army heals itself is by getting more troops um you know when when the party came across that group of surviving soldiers in the last session that you were at, Jason, not the one that just happened, but the one before that, and 
the the surviving sergeant was like, I'm going to, you know, I, I can stay with you guys or I can leave my troops back. Had she stayed with your army and had your army had been injured before, that's your army would have healed a certain amount. That's how the army heals is by getting more soldiers. When the soldier's dead or out of the fight, they're dead or out of the fight. If we're higher level where clerics can cast stuff like regeneration, then that would be another story, you know, or revivify or raise dead or resurrection. That would be another story. But yeah, we're not we're not there yet. The clerics aren't at that high of a level. So when you take a serious, serious wound, like losing a limb or, you know, multiple limbs or something like that massive spinal damage something anything that'll take you out of the fight and so a cleric can't heal that stuff at this level uh i hope that makes sense it makes sense in my brain i hope it makes sense in yours anyway let's get into the talk about shoggoth's first dragons our first caller we have the pink phantom it's always good to hear from him phantom take it away my dude hey joe the pink phantom here uh, I was just calling in to say the whole Red Dragon Shaga thing, I think you're looking at it from the wrong perspective because you're looking at it from the capabilities of the monster. Look at it from the capabilities of the people. You know, a group of investigators against a Shoggoth is they're just, they're just folks. They're you and me against a being, ancient being of immense power and size. It, they've got no chance to be like, you know, getting run over by a steamroller. Whereas a first level party, by the time they run across a red dragon, they've probably done enough in adventuring to have some magic items available to them. They at least stand a fighting chance, but the investigators have no chance. It's the relativity of investigators to Shoggoth and party to dragon and not just the absolute power of the Shoggoth or the dragon. Phantom, I love you, do, but I gotta beg to differ there, man. So you talked about a party of investigators going up a Shoggoth would be like them going up against the steamroller. You huck a couple sticks of dynamite at the steamroller, it's not coming at you anymore. That's what I'm talking about, man. You talked about the party, the relative power levels of the party members. That, Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I, I don't know too many first-level parties in D&D, especially in older games, that have powerful magic weapons nothing in comparison to say a tommy gun or dynamite you know at best what they have a plus one sword maybe which at first level that seems a little early but okay a plus one sword sure <laughs> that gives you a five percent better chance to hit the dragon uh, but yeah, a Tommy gun is different and we'll touch on, we'll touch on the universe stuff later on, but yeah, I, I think a party of Cthulhu investigators is relatively more powerful than a party of first level D&D characters. I, I, I think that I think in a fight, those two would destroy each other, which again, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll touch on that more later. But yeah, no, I, I am thinking about it in terms of the capabilities of the parties involved. So yeah, dude, I, I hear what you're saying, but 
I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see it, man. I think a group of investigators could and would stop a steamroller from coming at them. Because remember, if we go back to Mountains of Madness, a regular human man, one person, ran away from a Shoggoth, outran a Shoggoth. So it's not like they're super fast or anything. They're just big. And you talked about an ancient being of immense power. That's what a dragon is, man. It's an ancient being of immense power. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, dude, but I appreciate the call. I love you chipping in on this topic. I, again, I think it's super fun. It's who's stronger, Superman or the Incredible Hulk. All right. Up next, we have a call from Jason, dude, our buddy Jason. So I'm not convinced by your argument on why your dragon versus Shagath fight is relevant. But who knows? Maybe at some point in the future, someone will put that to a test and have an OD&D dragon fight. Or actually, we'll do AD&D first edition. How about that? Because I have AD&D first edition stats for Shagath and for a red dragon. So we'll put that to a test. Who knows? Maybe other people put it in tests in other systems that are even less relevant than AD&D first edition. I think Daniel was doing OD&D, but I'm not sure we have Shagath stats for OD&D. So AD&D is pretty close. We will see. I'm also sad he didn't comment about the fact there's a source book for vampires and other supernatural for Cyberpunk 2020, but it's okay, man. I'm used to have my feelings trampled. The A-10 Warthog was officially blooded during Operation Desert Storm in 1991, where it destroyed more than 900 Iraqi tanks, 2,000 other military vehicles, and 1,200 artillery installations. That's a quote from an article titled Why the A-10 Warthog is the Greatest Tank Killer Ever Designed or something like that. <laughs> I'll link the article in the show notes. Uh, yeah, man, this whole conversation, folks, w not everybody, granted, because we'll hear from somebody in a second who gets it, but the people who are saying the Shoggoth would win, hands down, seem to be forgetting about the importance of air superiority. <laughs> air superiority matters a massive amount. It changes the battlefield. If you control the skies, chances are good you control the battlefield. So, yeah, man, I don't know. And as far as the argument goes, Pink Phantom sort of touched on it there, too, so I won't go into it again. But, yeah, the, the relative... If... A group of investigators, if a group of first level characters can beat a dragon and a group of investigators could beat a group of first level characters and a dragon can beat a Shoggoth, there you go. That that works. That literally works. And again, we'll t we'll touch on that more later uh, down the line as far as the source book for vampires and cyberpunk that rules i love everything about that that's a perfect fit and it makes me really happy that that's a thing so thank you for bringing that to our attention dude you rule all right now let's hear let's hear from somebody who's actually on my side because i did put a poll out on twitter and granted only 14 people responded which that makes me sad <laughs> but that's all right 14 people responded and 63, per the, the question was, 
what would win in a fight, an ancient red dragon or a Shoggoth. 63-ish percent, 64% of the people who responded said Shoggoth would win. Shoggoth would win for sure. Spencer of Keep Off the Borderlands asked if, um, if a Shoggoth was immune to fire or if fire could even hurt a Shoggoth. And I said, I've never read anything where it wouldn't. Um, but yeah, 64%, so like nine people on Twitter were like, yeah, Shoggoth would totally win. And only a couple people were like, no, the dragon would win. So let's hear from someone who didn't respond from that poll because they are not on Twitter, I don't think, uh, but who does agree with me. So yeah, let's hear from that person because that's fun. Oh, Joe, I ain't really got a blink dog in the fight, but dragon versus Shoggoth. Well, firstly, I don't really know what a Shoggoth is other than looking at that thing in the AD&D Monster Manual or Fiend Folio, wherever it crops up, that Jason posted on Discord. And I've heard of them. But seemingly, they got low intelligence. And I noticed in the same post, the dragon is exceptional intelligence. Exceptional versus low. Surely the intelligence alone there has got to have some impact on what's going on. Especially if there's no time constraint. That that dragon's going to be able to think his way out of quite a lot of trouble, I would imagine. Exactly, and thank you for bringing that up, Colin, because I hadn't yet. I hadn't even really touched on the intelligence factor. I've been so fixated on the obvious advantage of flight, but the even more powerful advantage of being wicked smart compared to somebody who's wicked dumb in a fight, that matters. Tactics matter. The Shoggoth has no tactics. The dragon would have awesome tactics. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really don't understand it. Um, yeah, and again, no one's explained to me how a Shoggoth would beat a dragon. They just says, yeah, a dragon, a Shoggoth would beat a dragon. No one's explained how. I still haven't heard a single argument on how. Um, but yeah, so you gotta, you gotta come up with a way the Shoggoth would beat the super smartness of the dragon and the air superiority and the ability to cast spells over being a giant slug monster. I don't know, man. I <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Colin, for bringing that to, the, to this debate. That was an awesome, awesome point, man. Thank you. Um, all right, so let's, let's wrap up this discussion with the Pink Phantom. Well, wrap it up for now, dot, 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 with the Pink Phantom, who's got this to say. Pink Phantom here. So let me get this straight. Your defense of taking an argument about two conflicts and adding a third conflict is to create a fourth conflict. Mind blown, buddy. Mind blown. But here's my question. What universe are these two parties fighting in? Because if they're fighting in a D&D universe, those Tommy guns might explode in the faces of the Call of Cthulhu guys. I don't know whether or not Call of Cthulhu first level characters believe in the hand Tommy guns. That's an entirely different argument for somebody that knows Call of Cthulhu. But 
what universe are they fighting in? Because the Call of Cthulhu guys should win in the Call of Cthulhu universe, but the D&D guys will probably win in most D&D universes, especially Jason's, because as he said, he's a main GM, and he would have the guns explode. Okay, Phantom, so let me add a fifth conflict into this. Uh, I think there are guns in D&D and swords and spears and stuff and spells in Call of Cthulhu. I still say the investigators would win, man. So in Call of Cthulhu, there are no levels. There are no class levels at all. Uh, it's a skill, skills-based game, D100. But yeah, first level character could absolutely... A, a, a beginning a beginning Call of Cthulhu investigator could totally have a Tommy gun or, you know, shotgun, crazy stuff like that. Dynamite, no problem. Because remember, back in the 20s, it was you could buy that shit all over the place. But as far as what universe it takes in, uh, takes place in, Jason and I have been talking and we are going to, we're going to fight this out. We are going to fight it out. In a couple different systems. I don't know how much of it will be recorded. But we'll absolutely report on it. Probably here on this show. That makes the most sense. We're going to start off by having them fight in Pathfinder. Because it's just easy on Roll20 to do. Everything's there for the Ancient Red Dragon. I've already built the stats for the Shoggoth on Roll20. Because a Shoggoth and an Ancient Red Dragon in Pathfinder are the same CR, the same challenge rating. So ostensibly, they're the same power level. But we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. That fight is going to happen sometime soon. It almost happened this weekend, but didn't. We'll be sure to let you all know how it goes. And we're going to do it at least in Pathfinder and probably in AD&D. And then who knows what other systems we'll do it in. Maybe we'll do it in Call of Cthulhu to see if there is anything close to a dragon in Call of Cthulhu. Not really, but maybe we can figure something out. Anyway, man, we're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. So thank you all for the awesome calls about this. Now let's talk about some characters you want to hear about my character? Stop the motherfucking presses! And apparently that word's not a bad word anymore. I figure if the hopeful new governor of Texas can say it, then I can say it. But speaking of Texas, as I was preparing this episode to publish, I received four amazing phone calls from the GMologist putting putting the stamp on this on this discussion, getting his professorial his doctor mind into this discussion thank you carl these are awesome they came in at the perfect time so yeah carl what's up dude this red dragon being defeated by a first level party is kind of hilarious to me i was looking at the stats for a red dragon in both 1e and 2e and a, a party of adventurers first level party of adventurers would need a 20 to hit them because of the ne their negative armor class, a negative 3 and negative 5 for 2e and then 1e. And they'd never hit them, and then the dragon would breathe on them, and they'd fail their saving throw and get burned. If even, well, they get burned alive, but they might not even reach there because of the frightful presence of the dragon or the fear effect the dragon has and might run away, right, which is equivalent to someone going insane against a Shoggoth. 
I just don't see it happening unless the there's some sort of plot armor device given to the player characters uh, to defeat a dragon or come upon a sleeping dragon or something, you know, not usual uh, in that situation. And then if you look at 3, 3.5, Pathfinder, and then 5e, uh, well, again, first level party would never be able to hit a dragon of that caliber and would get destroyed in probably a round or two. Um, if they were, I, I don't, I think they just get killed instantly, right? And then I was looking even at 5e, and while a party could actually hit the dragon because of the bounded accuracy, the dragon only have a red dragon only having an AC of 22, they'd be able to hit it and do like maybe 50 points of damage in a round, but then the dragon with its frightful presence and then having the ability to multi attack would kill, you know, one character with each swipe um, if it hit, which would, would likely hit again, because of bounded accuracy. So, I mean, I could run the scenarios for you, and I will say that uh, 99 out of 100 times, I would say that um, the first level party is going to be destroyed. I don't, I even, even probably uh, less of a chance than that. And that's less of a chance that the party would succeed. I mean, again, you'd have to have some sort of DM storytelling thing Get, you know, like the sleeping dragon, or they sneak up on the dragon, which again, which is unlikely because one E and two E dragons can see invisibility. Um, that's translated in 3.5 and 5e to keen scent, uh, scent and sight and vibration ability. Uh, they just know you're there, and that you know, and, and of course, the dragon could like uh, fly in the air and then just you know, burninate everything. Yes, I use the term burninate. In contrast, actually, there are I've, there are scenarios for starting starting investigators where they confront a Shoggoth as the end boss in the scenario, and the idea is that they can defeat the boss given all the tools and investigation and knowledge that they have, whether it's dynamite or flamethrowers or whatever. Right. In fact, I do recall uh, you, Joe Richter being in an adventure run by Andy Goodman where you defeated a, a Shoggoth, and that was an advanced Shoggoth, mind you, um, an intelligent Shoggoth, and yes, you were pulp heroes, but there are at least two other scenarios. Uh, one on a, I think it's on, it's actually on the Hindenburg, um, and then there's another one, uh, a classic, classic uh, adventure from White Dwarf where Shoggoth is the, the, big, the main boss, and I'm sure there are plenty others I just haven't dug deep enough but but for sure two um two readily available adventures where the pcs are tasked to defeat a shoggoth so and i, I guess the, they succeed there's some ways that they can succeed if they do certain things so there you go but maybe again that's a plot armor device by the keeper um in that scenario or case mike drop boom boom the geomologist comes through with the realness, with the sickness, dropping science, and using terms like burninate, which I love, by the way, Carl, that rules. Yeah, okay, so there you go. There, there's, there's some hard data on why on why a first level party of D&D adventures should have no chance of beating a red dragon whereas 
a party of investigators could have a possibility of beating a Shoggoth. There's some hard data. So yeah, if somebody wants to come back with some data on why a Shoggoth has a chance of beating a dragon, I'm still waiting. I'd love to hear it. But Carl, those were perfect calls, came in at the perfect time. Like I said, I was getting ready to release this episode and they came through right in the nick of time, which is an awesome Johnny Depp movie. <laughs> Check out Jason's Connerly's show for that. Uh, if you're like, what are you talking about? Anyway. <laughs> All right. Now let's talk about my character. Before I get into the character stuff, I just want to say, I know the Pink Phantom's real name. He says it on his own podcast. So if you want to know the Pink Phantom's real name, go check out Phantom Thoughts. You can find it anywhere. Uh, and if you pay attention, you'll hear his real name. Okay, so characters. Uh, I'm running a bunch of guys. I've, I've talked about my Sasquatch biker, my psychic Sasquatch biker lately, so I won't talk about him. Um, and that's sort of the only game I'm in right now. So I will pull a trick from Anthony of the Casting Shadows blog and talk about some NPCs, which, by the way, if you haven't heard Anthony's episode on this topic where he's talking about one of his NPCs or a couple of his NPCs from the alien RPG campaign that he's been running. Check it out. It's, it's really, really cool. It's fascinating. Like that Anthony guy, he's a, he's a pretty smart guy, man. Pretty savvy DM anyway. So let's talk about wrath of the righteous. Cause in the first book we meet three main NPCs we meet Anivia, Aravashniel, and Horgus. Horgus Worm. I think Horgus has been one of my favorite NPCs that I've played in a long time. I'm glad the party decided to bring him along for this second book. That made me really happy because he's, he's just fantastic. He is a good you know in the D, D world of there is good and there is evil he is good he is not evil but he's a dick he's kind of a dick he's a rich asshole who worships the god of money in the pathfinder world which is abadar uh the god of finance and capitalism which that's fun see that's why i love pathfinder they put everything in there right they put so much stuff in the world it's just really cool but anyway so Horgus is a bastard but he's got a really really interesting backstory and I'm going to go into it because the party has sussed out most of this stuff and it's going to be a big spoiler for the first book well depends on what you consider a spoiler does knowing Horgus's secret background affect the way that the story unfolds in wrath of the righteous no it doesn't his his secret background doesn't have a direct impact on the story as it's written right you know a party can do whatever they want but so here it goes because again my players have heard most of this stuff before um but it, it was months ago and who knows what they remember so horgus worm worm was basically the son of 
servants who were serving this very rich family called the Gworms. And uh, Horgus, whose real name isn't Horgus, I forget what his real name is now, and the son of the rich people, whose name actually was Horgus, so it's going to get very confusing. So I'm going to, for this, I'm going to keep calling the son of the servants Horgus, um, and then I'll just call the rich kid the rich kid. So Horgus and the rich kid were friends, and they would play together all the time. And the rich people lived kind of out on the borders of the city of Canabras, kind of, you know, in a nice manor home and everything, but not super heavily defended. And then one day a couple of demons came through and murdered everybody in the everybody in the household. The uh, Horgus and the rich kid managed to run away for a little bit, but they were eventually caught and the rich kid was killed and the demons thought they had killed Horgus, but he managed to survive. Uh, and when finally someone came to the house to find out what was going on, they they found Horgus and just assumed he was the son of the rich people and Horgus played along. Uh, and there was a big fire at the house, so like any paintings were burned. Most of the paintings were burned down and the Gorm family, while rich weren't well known and like i said they lived on the outskirts so not a lot of people knew what their family actually looked like so when horgus said yeah i'm their son i'm the son of the rich parents he became the inheritor of the Gorm estate and that's where his money came from and he is tormented by that his best and only friend he saw get murdered to death by demons his parents were murdered to death by demons. And then this, this mantle was sort of thrust upon him, though he did have some agency in the fact where he said, yes, I am that kid. But he was young, scared, alone. What are you going to do? Hey, are you the son of these really rich people? Yes. Like, it, it makes sense. And I just think he's such a cool, cool character. And the party... <laughs> first hated him and then grew to love him in in the last session at one point he came out of his tent wearing you know like the nightgown and the nightcap which i just think is super funny and it's like you guys shut up but also you guys want to come in here and party uh horgus is great he's one of the one of my favorite npcs that i've ran in a long time so yeah, that's that's who my character is, man. And I guess I will answer the rest of these questions for the week uh, from the perspective of Horgus Worm. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. That'll be fun. All right, let me get out of here. Another one down. Only a few more to go. It's always a bummer when RPG a day ends, even though it's nice to take a little break. I'm sure even nicer for everybody out there listening. But yeah, I, I just really, really love this time of year because I, I, I hate summer. I think summer sucks. The only time summer is cool is if you're a teacher or if you're in school. Otherwise, summer sucks. It's the time of spiders. So if you like summer, that means you like spiders and I don't love spiders. I hate walking through spider webs. I'm not Gwen Stefani. Um, is that who sings that song? I forget. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, this was a really fun discussion. I think Carl kind of 
seal the deal on the idea that a first level party should be able to defeat a, a red dragon. I, you know, Daniel says he's done it. That's that's really cool. I believe him. I'd love to know the circumstances because from everything I've heard, everything I've seen, it sounds crazy. I, I don't have any idea. But at the same time, uh, I think it can happen because I think they have just as much a chance of doing that as a party of investigators do against a Shoggoth. Seriously, like, yeah. Any, <laughs> anyway, thank you to all my awesome callers. Thank you to the Pink Phantom, to Jason, to Colin, and to Carl. You dudes all rock. I love talking about this kind of stuff. So if you want to talk about it more, feel free. Anyone else out there have stuff to say, call it in, man. Call it in. Let me know while you can. Anchors, we're going away. You know, the messages might be going away. We'll see what happens. But yeah, um, that's it, right? That's that's all I got to say. This episode, again, got long on me. So I'm going to cut it off here. Take care of yourselves, folk. Be happy and healthy, and I will talk to you soon. Peace out.